Good morning, Gospel Hope. Happy Mother's Day to you, and today we rightly pause and celebrate the gift that God has given us in mothers. So if you're a mother here today, we just want to pause for a brief minute and thank you for the investment that you have made in the next generation. No doubt all of us could uh, think about specific ways that the mothers in our life have shaped us and challenged us and encouraged us. And I want to recognize and acknowledge the grace of God that he has given to us in the mothers. So if your mother today, once again, we say thank you. If you have a mother today, let me encourage you to take a moment and express your appreciation to them. In order to help us celebrate this special day, we're, we're going to do a couple of things differently this morning. Uh, the first thing is this. We're going to pause our Knowing God series, and we're going to look at a passage in 1 Peter chapter 3 that is specifically addressed to women. And we hope this will be an encouragement to all of the ladies in our congregation to see what true beauty really is from a biblical perspective. And the second way we're going to celebrate mothers today is, is something I'm very excited about, is that my wife, Trisha is actually going to participate in this talk today. So Trisha and I have eight children, so we thought it would be very beneficial to hear from a mother who is very qualified uh, to give her feminine perspective on this text of Scripture. But before we dive into God's Word this morning, can you just pause with me for a moment and pray and ask for the Lord's help? Father, we need you. And we cry out to you this morning that you would meet with us and allow us to see your glory in your word. Thank you for mothers, and thank you for all the women in our life that you have gifted to us. And I pray today that as a church body, we would embrace this idea of true beauty. Lord, open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things in your law. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard the expression, beauty is in the eye of the beholder? I'm sure you have. And the expression simply means something like this, that different people have different views of beauty. And to illustrate that, all you have to do is look around the world to see how people view beauty differently. In some cultures, it's considered beautiful to stretch out your neck. In other cultures, it's considered beautiful to get a tattoo on your chin. In some places in the world, it's even considered beautiful to sharpen your teeth to a pointed tip. Now, that's not for the faint of heart. Nevertheless, the idea is simply this, that beauty is viewed differently by different people. And just as different human beings view beauty with different perspectives, so God's perspective on beauty and man's perspective of beauty are often not the same thing. We see that very plainly in 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'd like to read that this morning. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 3. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. The idea is simply this. God's definition of beauty and man's definition of beauty are often not the same thing. Now, I realize I make a statement like that, and there's a couple of reactions that might raise up in your heart. That statement can be terrifying on one hand and liberating on the other hand. Let me unpack that just a minute. First of all, let me take the scary part. Now, if you're a girl or a woman in our society today, 
man, I do not envy you the task of living in a culture that overemphasize external appearance. Your bodies are often objectified and you're pushed to pursue this standard of perfection that is beyond reality. I mean, just spending a couple minutes in the checkout aisle of a grocery store and seeing the airbrushed Photoshop photos and magazine covers breaks my heart, not only for my daughters, but for my sisters in Christ that have to live in this culture where beauty is something that seems to be out of reach. So you might say, well, Ryan, why is that so scary then to say that God defines beauty differently? Here's the thing, because those voices that say you must look this way, you must dress this way, you must appear this way are so constant that if you're going to reject them and go up the stream, you're going to face tremendous resistance. Or if I could put it very simply, living counterculturally takes courage. So hearing that God's definition of beauty is different than the world, it is a call for all of the women in our society to have bravery, to say, I'm going to reject the world standard of beauty and go after God. So women, I would encourage you today to take courage. It is a scary thing to reject the world standards, but it can be done through Christ. And that kind of brings me to our second reaction there, that this statement that God's definition of beauty and man's definition of beauty are often at odds is a terribly liberating fact. Here's why. Because it means you don't have to live up to the world's standards. No matter your age or your genetics or your fashion sense or your budget, you can pursue God's definition of beauty. No matter who you are, you can really be beautiful in God's eyes. Or to say it very plainly, through Christ, every woman can be truly beautiful. Uh, which leads me to my point this morning. As a church and as a group of believers, I just want to say this very simply. We must learn to cultivate and celebrate true beauty. Now, we choose those words very carefully. First of all, cultivate. Because ladies, I want to encourage you. I want to, from the bottom of my heart as your pastor, I want to urge you to set aside these unattainable standards that the world has put in front of you and pursue the true beauty that God actually says is this, is of great worth in his sight. Let's be a church that cultivates true beauty. And then secondly, let's be a church that celebrates true beauty. You know, even though 1 Peter 3 is primarily addressed to women, men, we are not off the hook by any means. Here's the reality. Many of our sisters and, and the women in our society struggle with pursuing this definition of beauty because we men have foisted it on them. We have propagated these false and unrealistic expectations rather than admiring character in a woman and admiring that which God says is truly beautiful. So my desire for our congregation, for Gospel Hope Church, is we would be a group of people who celebrate and who cultivate true beauty. So we're going to launch into this passage and kind of answer the question simply this. What does that look like? How do we identify true beauty or see it worked out in the life of each one of our sisters in Christ and as brothers in Christ? How do we recognize that true beauty? And in order to help us do that, I'd like to invite my Trisha, my wife Trisha, she is my Trisha, to participate in this discussion with me at this point. 
Well, welcome, my Trisha. Thanks for having me here, my Ryan. Mm -hmm. You we, know, we always talk to each other that way. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. Well, we've never done anything like this before, mm -hmm. so I'm excited actually to talk through this passage of scripture with you. And uh, what we want to do is just, as we said, to highlight what true beauty really looks like. So if you're taking notes, uh, we want to give you three ways this morning that you can identify true beauty. And the first one is simply this. You need to emphasize your heart. And look back at the text, if you would, with me. Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Now, ladies, we don't think this means that you can't wear nice clothes or fix your hair. In fact, please do fix your hair or wear jewelry. I, I don't think that's what the passage is really talking about. I think the emphasis is simply this, that you shouldn't find your identity in those external things, but rather in the internal things. Or as it says very plainly over in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 7, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. If I could summarize, I'd simply say it this way. True beauty is not about the appearance of your body, but the activity of your heart. Now, now I say those things, honey, and like we know that. Like we know that God cares more about our hearts than he does about how we look on the outside. Why is it so hard for us sometimes to remember that our hearts are what matters most? Well, I think there's two kind of aspects to that struggle and i would say the first one is that it is so counter culture cultural so everything that we are being inundated with on the day-to-day -day, um is um i think aside hopefully from the church um is that that same message that that beauty or success that's what truly matters in your life and so I think that that is, it's just difficult to push back on that because it's such a constant stream of, of information and just an inundation of those ideals. And then I think the, the second aspect that makes it difficult is just that we are deceived by our own hearts. Hmm. Um, so not only is it coming from without, but it's also coming from within. We, we long for the world's ideals, um, which are the wrong ideals. And, um, we, we strive after them instead of striving for true beauty. Mm. So we struggle not only with the pressures of the world, but also the, the tensions of our own heart. And so we don't focus on being a person of character. So if we know that we need to push back against that, uh, what are some practical ways that, that we can develop a godly heart, particularly as a woman? Like, what are some ways that you can work on your character uh, more than focus on the externals? Right. Um, I think that, that we can never overestimate just the importance of time spent in the Word and in prayer. Um, the Lord has made us to commune with Him, and that is one of His main means of um, growing us in sanctification. And I think uh, another aspect is that we just have a wealth of resources at our disposal. Mm. Um, we've used Right Now Media as, as a church, and there's just Bible, Bible studies aplenty so many ways that we can really dig into the word. So I would say, you know, just encouragement to um, obviously be praying and reading your Bible, but going beyond and trying to dig deeper um, into the word. And then the last area that I would say is just seeking to serve others. Um, 
one of the ways that, that Jesus, it says in Philippians 2, that he, you know, he laid aside himself and became a servant. And so becoming a servant, serving others, and being aware of other people's needs, um, that is just a, a huge way that we can grow to look more like Jesus every day. Mm -hmm. So developing godly character and focusing on our heart by just being women and men of the word is one of the ways that we can be truly beautiful in God's sight. Uh, the second thing we want to highlight from the passage of scripture is simply this. Not only should you emphasize your heart, but you should engage your fears. And when I say the word engage there, I don't mean turn your fears on. What I really mean is like battle with your fears. You say, well, Ryan, if I knew how to do that, you wouldn't even need to say it. Well, look again at what the passage says. After verses three and four, verse five picks up a story and look at what it says there. For in the past, the holy women who put their hope in God also adorned themselves. There's this idea of beauty again. In this way, submitting to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, you have become her children when you do what is good. And catch this phrase, and do not fear any intimidation. So here's what I think Peter is getting at here. He's basically saying that Sarah's submission to Abraham was ultimately an expression of her hope in God. She followed Abraham not because he was necessarily the greatest husband in the world. In fact, he, he did some really stupid things if you follow through the story in Genesis. And yet, she hoped in God, and that enabled her to follow him. And then the Bible says that it also allowed her to rise above her fears. To put it plainly, it is truly beautiful, truly beautiful, when a woman lives like hope in God is greater than fear of man. But let's be honest, that's not an easy thing at all. Living in this world can be a scary, scary place. Like, man, again, if, if I just put myself in my sisters in Christ's shoes, this world in which we live can be a, a, a bad neighborhood, as it were. It's a fearful place, particularly for women. Um, why is that true, honey? Why is this world sometimes scary for women? Right. Um, I would just say, you know, we live in a fallen world. And because of that, um, unfortunately, um, women face many challenges, whether that be inequality or abusive relationships mm -hmm. or misogyny, um, violence are just too often frequent realities um, for, for women. And I think um, you know, also considering our sinful state, uh, men maybe take their leadership roles and twist them um, into what they're never supposed to be mm. and end up causing harm to women. And um, I think the other aspect that we talk about is, you know, even in a loving relationship, mm -hmm. in a loving marriage, um, the reality is that as women, we are called to submit to our husbands. And, and that can be, um, even in the midst of a loving relationship can be a scary thing to let go of that control and you know just trust the leadership of our husbands mm. and you know and ultimately we're entrusting ourselves to god mm. Mm. yeah i mean uh, that's a that's a beautiful point there and man i i before the lord i really love this woman that is sitting with me sitting right here beside me um i'm not saying that because this is recorded but for real <laughs> i do and I try to lead her as best as I possibly can, but, but I fail her sometimes. And so it is a scary thing for her to kind of follow my leadership when, when I fail. Um, so man, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm sure that a lot of ladies can struggle with that reality. So in light of that, um, 
Why is it so important that women put their hope in God, like it says in this passage? Um, I think that, like what we just said, um, this world is a fearful place. Um, unfortunately and sadly, I'm sure many of you women have already walked through, you know, some of those trials that I just talked about, you know, the abusive relationships or violence, um, inequality, and and that's something that we that we mourn together. And you know, if not, we all go through trials of various kinds. And if you haven't already, we, we will be facing trials in the future. And I think that we can seek hope. Um, to, we seek it through maybe our circumstances changing or um, maintaining control or um, there's lots of different, I think, coping mechanisms that we, that we use and try to employ to, to gain hope. Um, but the reality is, is that those things are all empty mm. without God. And he is really our only true hope and our only salvation and i think that um, just remembering that god is greater than all of these very real fears and very real situations that we face um, that jesus is greater and he's stronger and he's better mm. and so um, you know i think just trying to remember that he is faithful and that he will never leave us or forsake us and he he gives us the strength um, to to live out our calling mm. amen amen so it is truly beautiful when women are able to put their hope in God. And let me say a word to the men right now. Fellas, let's not be bullies. Oftentimes God has given us uh, positions of authority or, or has granted us some form of power. Um, if God has entrusted that to us, let's be servant leaders. And, and let's not use whatever position or whatever strength that God has given us to push women down, but to lift them up and to treat them rightly as we should, which kind of brings me to the third point right here, is that the third way that we can really identify true beauty is by embracing your position. As this passage is closing out in verse number seven, Peter is addressing the husbands, and he says something indirectly to the wives that is so beautiful, and notice what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number seven. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner. Now notice this phrase right here. Showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life. In other words, though women are built physically different than men. There are physiological differences between men and women. And because of the work of Jesus, men and women, in spite of these differences, are fully and equally co-heirs of the grace of life or to put it plainly there are no second-class citizens in the kingdom of god look in the lord there is no chauvinism misogyny or favoritism though we have differing roles and different physicality trisha is every bit as much a child of god as I am. I don't have some sort of leg up or step ahead of her because I'm a man. No, we are equally children of God. And, and here's the reality. Even though she is my wife, she is also my sister. And in some ways, in some ways, that role as sister is far more permanent than that role of my wife. You know, our marriage one day will fade away in eternity. Um, God says in heaven, they're, they're not marriages. But forever she will be my sister and we will have the same father. Um, 
man, I, I always have a hard time talking about that because I have a hard time not imagining being married to you. That makes me sad a little bit. Okay, I'm still wrapping my brain around that theological point. But the idea is this. Her relationship with her father, because it's permanent, takes precedence even over her relationship with me because it's a temporal relationship. So, honey, why is it important for women who have believed the gospel of sisters in Christ to remember their identity that they have through Jesus? I think our identity in Christ as, you know, we're called beloved children, um, we're called citizens of heaven, we are joint heirs with Jesus. Um, I think that's the only true and definitely the ultimate reality. Um, so often we kind of get wrapped up in our earthly ideals, our earthly titles, and you know we certainly have some important ones, whether it's mother or wife or boss or sister or daughter, um, teacher, friend. Um, they're all going to fade away one day, and so I think I think we really have to just surround ourselves with the reality that um, that the gospel is truly first and foremost in our life and it has transformed our identity and you know because of Christ and what he has accomplished on the cross you know we are now primarily children of God mm, mm, amen you sure you don't want to be passionate? <laughs> okay, no. um, you know cultivating this type of beauty as we've said is going to take a lot of courage and a lot of faith it's gonna call you to step out into the unknown and push against the culture. So why should we do it? Well, guys, because it is totally worth it. Look again at the text, verse number four. Let your beauty consist of what is inside the heart. And notice this phrase, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Jesus laid down his life so that women could have a beauty that never, ever faded. It's imperishable. And what is more, because of Jesus, it is of great worth in God's sight. So let's be a church. Let's be a group of believers that values, that values true beauty and not the fading variety that the world values. So kind of... Trish, as a parting shot here, what is one way that the women in Gospel Hope can strive to cultivate true beauty? Just one practical way this week that they can value or cultivate, as we said, the beauty that is of great worth in God's sight. Right. I mean, I think I would just recommend just taking, taking a little bit of time each day this week to just meditate on what God calls true beauty. Hmm. Um, like I said, we are so inundated with other messages that I think we need to be reminding ourselves um, by going back to the scripture and saying, you know, God, what do you truly desire from me? And what, what is beautiful in your sight? So I think meditating on that and then, um, you know, when you catch yourself um, striving after or comparing yourself or, or longing for the things of this world or to, to have a, a different identity that maybe um, the world has, has maybe put as higher up, um, I think that you just need to speak those truths back to yourselves. And um, it might be in prayer form, or it might be just saying those words out loud, just to remind yourself of what is, what is really true. And men, I think one way that we can celebrate true beauty in our church is simply this. 
Let's be a church and a group of men who are quicker to point out Christ-likeness than a pretty dress. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't compliment if a woman looks nice and say, hey, you look nice today. That can be very kind. But let's be a church in which when our daughters grow up, they know that they are valued more for their character than for the way that they look. Let's just be quick to point that out and be connoisseurs of true beauty. Not the fickle, fading variety of the world, but the beauty that God values highly and he says that will never, ever go away. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that you've joined us here today and so grateful for Trisha for sharing in this with me. And I hope you've been encouraged by this. I'm going to ask Trish if she would close us with a word of prayer and ask God to help Gospel Hope be a church that really cherishes true beauty. Father, we just come before you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the cross and the gospel and how it has transformed us and given us a new identity. I thank you for gospel hope and just what a blessing it is to me personally to be surrounded by fellow believers that love you and that are seeking uh, just to, to live this identity out. Father, I pray for my sisters in Christ, Lord, that they would remember uh, what is what is true beauty and what you have said about a gentle and quiet spirit and how that is precious in your sight. And I pray that we would strive after and long for that spirit and that spirit would overflow in us um, and just reach others with the beauty of Christ. And I pray that we would be looking to to serve others and just, just live out our identity and the calling that you have given to us. Um, I pray for our um, my brothers in Christ, Lord, at Gospel Hope, and I pray that they would be um, looking for ways to uphold women and to support them and to encourage them in their calling and that they would see them as you see them. Hmm. And I pray that we would just be a church that brings glory to your name and that we would love those around us well. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.